Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. You've probably heard that phrase at some point in your life, and what do you think? Is it a reflection of reality? I don't think so. Words have power to wound or heal, to de-escalate or inflame, to create or to squash. And in the next few weeks, we want to focus on the intentionality of our words, thinking carefully about them, giving rhythm to them, so that they can be used as intentional instruments for good. Maybe you've never thought about this, but the biblical story, and so our story as it describes it, starts with words. If we wonder if words can have power, we see it in God's words to create by speaking. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said, stages of creation are, are birthed by each spoken act of God described this way. The importance of words. Jesus described as the word of God. And the words he spoke, he said, are spirit and life in John chapter 6, verse 63. And then there are our words. In the New Testament, James writes an extensive piece on our words by talking about their instrument, the tongue. Seems like a small thing, but it is no small thing. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. While James laments the wrongful use of the tongue, we want to focus on its right use, speaking things that ought to be. And today we start with words that are good and so needful right now, words of blessing and words of encouragement, important words, with just a subtle distinction between them. Blessing, to extend good and affirm worth. Encouragement, to strengthen and build up. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. At the heart of blessing is to extend goodwill. To bless is to give something, or as we were talking about words, to speak favor over someone. And after creating humanity, it is the first recorded act of God towards us. In the same book of Genesis, after man has derailed the good world of God, planned for him, God starts a reclamation project through a man named Abram. And the calling of Abram, whose name will be changed to Abraham, is described in terms of blessing. God says to him, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The blessing of Abraham is ultimately fulfilled in a person, Jesus. And God's blessing of salvation was made possible through him. And that salvation is communicated in words we call the good news or the gospel. And it is the belief in those words that triggers a power to put us in a right relationship with God. 
When Abraham's family grew into a nation and they were given a system and a tabernacle as a way to meet with God, including priests, priests were to be a mediator between God and the people, and they were commanded by God to speak words of blessing. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. I don't know what you typically think about God. It should be pretty clear that it is God's disposition to bless. He desires to bless, and so the priests who represented God to the people were acting like a, a conduit, a flow-through for that blessing to happen. They were making a prayer like a declaration that God himself intended to fulfill. In the New Testament, all those who believe in Jesus are considered to be priests who have full access to God, and it follows their words or prayers should often be characterized by blessing. Our disposition as New Testament believers who are made in the image of God and given the Spirit of Christ is to be like him. And we do not do so from a deficit. Ephesians 1 tells us God has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Because we are blessed, infinitely blessed by God, so we bless. In blessing God, we affirm his worth. In blessing others, we act for their good and we also speak good over them. Christian author Dallas Willard said, blessing is the projection of good into the life of another. It's not just words, it's the actual putting forth of your will for the good of another person. It always involves God, because when you will, will the good of another person, you realize only God is capable of bringing that. How good it is to have someone speak words of favor over you, expecting God to fulfill that. The impact of blessing is well documented. We see this especially in family dynamics. From both his personal experience in counseling others, Dr. Trent teamed up with Gary Smalley to write the best-selling book, The Blessing, in which they recount story after story about the impact when there's a deficit of being blessed by the parent and how powerful it is when parents bless their kids with affirmation, speaking of their high value and potential for the future. I love you. I'm so thankful for you. I'm so glad you are who you are. God made you special. I'm excited to see how God is going to use you. I see in you. And then they call out the child's potential, what you see developing in them. Don't we all need to hear words like that? Those closest to us are often the ones that we take for granted. If we want the best for our children, if we want the best for others, be that someone who doesn't constantly criticize. Be the person who blesses. For a, for a Christ follower, the gift of blessing flows through even to our enemies. This is when we, we become so much like Christ, the one who died for us while we were his enemies. So that even to those who do evil, our hope, our prayer, and our words for them is for the best. Not that they would prosper in their evil actions, but that they would come to repentance and know Jesus as their Savior too. We could not want more for them. Hey, as I've been talking, 
Who has come to mind that you can speak a word of blessing to, declare God's favor over? Perhaps it's someone close to home, family or close friend that maybe you've taken for granted. Your words could speak life to them. Encouragement. As a young Christian man, Larry Crabb had a problem with stuttering. He had already experienced situations when this problem caused him much embarrassment. Then one Sunday, he was at a church service when he felt stirred to take a turn to pray out loud as they did at his church. And quickly becoming self-conscious, it started to go badly. And he says, and I want to quote him, Filled less with worship than with nervousness, I found my theology becoming confused to the point of heresy. I remember thanking the Father for hanging on the cross and praising Christ for triumphantly bringing the Spirit from the grave. Stuttering throughout, I finally thought of the word amen, perhaps the first evidence of the Spirit's leading, said it and sat down. I recall staring at the floor, too embarrassed to look around and solemnly vowing never again to pray or speak out loud in front of a group. At the end of the service, Crabb tried to escape the church building as fast as he could, not wanting to run into one of the leaders who might feel obligated to correct him on his bad theology. But he was intercepted by an older Christian man who put his arm around his shoulder, cleared his throat to speak. Crabb anticipated the worst. He thought, hey, here it comes. I'll just endure it and then go to the car. He then heard these words that he can repeat word for word decades later. Larry, the man said, there's one thing I want you to know. Whatever you do for the Lord, I'm behind you 1,000%. And then he walked away. Crabb says those words were life words. Hearing the words of encouragement that day, his resolve to never again speak publicly weakened instantly. He went on to become a popular Christian author who regularly speaks and prays in front of audiences without fear. Think about it. A man's destiny, his calling, and the ripple effect of him living out that calling, all the lives that have been touched through him, this was set on the right path by a word of encouragement. It is so easy to tear down and destroy. Social media platforms have become a, a hiding place from which people just loft these destructive bombs, saying things they would never say publicly face to face, with an intensity to, to speak to another with a boldness that they would never do if they were right in front of that person. It's cowardly, but just too temptingly easy. There's a common saying, hurting people hurt people. And if we are honest, a lot of us are not at our best right now. Two years of COVID, isolation, polarized families, a divided nation, a flood, and now war and the threat of more, and then your own personal challenges. Couldn't we all use a bit of encouragement? Encouragement builds. Who knows what you could create, what you could spark, redeem, heal by giving an encouraging word. This is the way of Christ. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. In the book of Hebrews, the author is addressing a group of believers who are struggling in their faith. They had turned to Christ from Judaism, but their faith had brought them into difficulty, some of them losing their property, some imprisoned. So they are tempted to abandon Christ and go back to their previous ways. The letter, in writing to encourage Christians, instructs Christians to be agents of that encouragement themselves. 
Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. These verses not only encourage believers to encourage, but they leave us a blueprint for doing it. Here are some of the handles for you. Encourage with truth. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith. Real encouragement is not flattery. The best encouragement has substance to it. Christian encouragement can be of great substance because it comes out of a confession of faith. There is a story we believe and a body of teaching we call doctrine, which gives us a solid platform to see one another as eternally, eternally valuable, made in the image of God, as James pointed out, with a real hope. We can encourage others with real truth that gives real hope. That hope is not based on circumstances, but on the character of God and his promises to us. Therefore, and this is so important, you can encourage from a place of encouragement for he who promised is faithful. It's hard to encourage others if you feel depleted yourself. We've already seen, if you're a Christ follower, you don't have to encourage from a place of deficit. Think of your encouragement level as a, as a cup, filled or empty. And one of the ways to fill your cup is to read God's word. You might be saying, hey, didn't we talk about that last week? Yes, we did. These rhythms we are talking about, they all work together. In reading God's words, as often as you do, you are reminded that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing and that God is faithful to his people, which means he is faithful to you. CNN is mostly going to discourage you. Self-worth is unsustainable on social. I mean, we mostly feel worse about ourselves because we can't measure up to the presented lives of others. Depletion, depletion. And the scriptures are very different. They fill our cup. Paul says, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Whatever difficulty you might be going through right now, there is truth in the scriptures about God and his love for you that supersedes this moment. God is for you. The cross proclaims that louder than any difficulty, even famine or sword. Read the end of Romans chapter 8. You can be encouraged. Next, be intentional. This is the idea of seeing with perception. We pay attention to another with the intent of building them up. And here's where the Christian community has opportunity to be a radically beautiful kind of people. What is most common in our world is that it is only a select few who are noticed. It is the good-looking, the talented, and successful who garner all the praise and, and the attention until they are no longer that. The old, the disadvantaged, the marginal remain largely invisible. In the Christian community, knowing that each person is highly valued by God and made in his image, everyone is to be seen. Everyone is worthy of our attention and effort to be built up. Everyone is part of the whole without which we are collectively less than we were meant to be. I need you. You need me. We need each other. When you are encouraged to be your best and move towards that, it benefits all of us. It benefits me. Encouragement is a transformative act in and of itself. Paying attention to others. I, I'm taking my eyes off myself, my wants, interests, and problems, and choosing to focus on someone else for their 
good. It is an act of humility. Criticism aims to put others down so you can raise yourself up. True encouragement is the opposite. It is raising others up without regard for our own position. Be intentional, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. In order to be intentional, to see others and encourage others well, it requires that you be in relationship with others. This can't happen without time together. Think community group, threes and fours, serving together on a team. There's always a temptation to go it alone. I mean, this was written 2,000 years ago. Don't neglect meeting together. They were tempted to get disconnected too. How important it is to put ourselves in places where we can know and be known. Too often from afar, we think everybody else must be doing okay. I, I'm just the one struggling here. But if we put ourselves in relationships with time and with authenticity, being real with one another, we will know what kind of encouragement my brother or sister in Christ needs. And by not hiding, they'll know what I need too. Be directional. Stir up one another to love and good works. The writer encourages us to be thoughtful about how we encourage, to help others to continue in the pursuit to know and follow Jesus better. The direction is Jesus, and that is the pinnacle of encouragement. Hey, I can encourage you that your new hairstyle is sweet or you lost 20 pounds, looking good, man. I mean, those are good. We celebrate all the good things in life. Still, ultimate encouragement has the potential to bolster you and build you up to withstand the challenges you are facing that want to pull you away, dull you, or dishearten you from the greatest prize that is Jesus. Encourage with the truth from a place of encouragement. Be intentional, be directional. Encourage with urgency, all the more as you see the day approaching. Encouragement is eternally significant. There is a day that history is moving towards, Jesus is coming again, and we want to be found occupying well, living on mission together for him. Larry Crabb says only an encouraged community can do this. Not every person's story is as dramatic as his, that one most significant, pivotal moment. More often, it's a process over time. I've seen many relationships destroyed by the consistent withdrawal of criticism. I've seen many relationships built up by the consistent deposit of encouragement. Imagine if we were to get crazy good at this. Wherever you are involved in this church, you are regularly receiving a word of blessing and or encouragement. I mean, you can't get away from it. And it's not superficial, it's authentic, genuine. Would that make a difference as to what we become and what we accomplish for the kingdom? I think so. A friend of mine that I used to work with, is he was one great encourager. He believed it, he practiced it, and he told stories about it. My favorite story was one he told me about his university's basketball team training. As part of their conditioning, their coach had the whole team on a running program. The idea was to run a mile together on their school track in single file, with the person at the back having to sprint to the front. And once he was there, then the next person at the back had to sprint to the front. You get the picture. Constant movement with someone always sprinting to take the lead with you having to take a regular turn. And there was a twist to the training. Collectively, they had to run the mile in six minutes or less, or this training would continue day after day. Well, basketball players come in different shapes and sizes. Guards are often slim and fast, but centers can be big and bulky. 
My friend was in the middle somewhere, but he said that he didn't think he could ever run a six minute mile by himself and neither did the team. They failed several times to make it. Then one day they did something different. They would do the run as prescribed, but this time instead of themselves, they would each focus on the person ahead of them. Shouting out, probably guessed it, encouragement. And in Dave's words, we crushed it. We can all do this. Pay attention to whom God brings to mind or in our personal presence, bless. Speak a word of encouragement. Send her or him a text, write an email, send a card, make a phone call. Do you think you could do one per day over the next week? Imagine, imagine how many encouragements could happen this week. Encourage one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near.